Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 87 marks the first episode in this year's countdown to the Loudest Hell Festival in Drumheller, Alberta from August 3rd to 6th. The metal scene is often known for its chaos and energy, stage performances, music festivals, and of course, the musicians. There are many moving parts that make up the metal community, and each are as integral to its existence as the last. The fans are equally as important, and often making each experience better. To kick off the Loud as Hell countdown, I have invited local legend, Sword Guy, from Edmonton, Alberta, to chat with me about his experiences in the metal world. Sporting multiple swords at concerts and music fests, he has amassed a following by knighting members of the audience in the middle of mosh pits with one of his titular swords. Chad, it's great to see you again, and it's awesome to catch up. How's it going, bud? Been a while. <laughs> Fantastic. Since last August at Loud as Hell. Yep. The one with the great windstorm. I hope that doesn't happen again this year. Oh, man, that was, like, next level. That was historical shit. And you were right in the center of everything. I even saw you on the hill holding up your flag later on. Dude, that was a great shot. I don't know who took that, but holy fuck was that sweet. I like how it just started popping up all over Facebook. Right? That was dope. It was like on everybody's pages, just like some of the people there too. They just started becoming everybody's profile picture. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, for a while, um, everyone's uh, picture uh, was of uh, Kevin Rankin for a bit. Yep. Passed out in his chair. With the coconut bra. Yeah. As we didn't do the interaction a little bit earlier, um, this is the first episode in my countdown to Loud as Hell, so let's start on that, I guess. Of the recently announced lineup, who are some of the bands that you were most looking forward to seeing live? Man, that's... That's a hard question because, like, everybody on that list is just phenomenal. It's crazy how many of them I know personally, too. But um, I'm going to have to say one of the trippiest ones is going to be Jungle Rot. Because I didn't know who they were for the longest time until I found, I found a CD in a thrift shop in a tiny-ass little town out in the middle of nowhere. I had that CD for... Was that in Alberta here? Yeah, it's uh, Alex. Okay. It's like, yeah. when can you miss it kind of town? But yeah, I I didn't listen to the CD for a while until one night a uh, buddy of mine was over and we threw it in and it blew our freaking minds, man. Been hooked since. Nice. Well, it's great that they're the Sunday headliner then. Right? I kind of had the same experience last year with... Um... I guess you have to change that a little bit. So, like, I wasn't super excited to see a lot of the bands last year only because I didn't know a good portion of them so I think what happened was like once the lineup was announced I just started going through and then I started finding all these new bands that I'd never heard of and then by the time the festival came it was it was bloody fantastic like I just wanted to see every set and it was a pain when I was when I had to miss one yeah no that was that was that's one of the nice things about having the lineup announced uh, so far in advance is it gives you the time to go through and listen to all the bands and track down some of their stuff Definitely. And then Jeff of Loud as Hell also said that I think it was less than 10 of these bands have played the festival before. Something like that, yeah. Last year, I, I enjoyed the fact that it was like a pretty much entire Canadian lineup. There was one switch out at the end. But it's, I think it's really cool that we're going international this year. We've got a few from Mexico, from the States. Uh, and I think there are a couple from overseas, if I remember correctly. Uh, I want to say there's four from Mexico. I think one from across the pond. Not too sure. Can't quite remember the one. No. There's a few less bands on the bill this year too. I think last year was 44, and this year is only 36. But I think it, it's it's allowing for more time in between sets, just in case something happens. So like last year, Juliet Ruin had to sacrifice their set time, and I don't think that'll happen this year with everything a little bit more spaced out. Yeah, yeah. Was last year your first time at Loud as Hell? Pardon? Was last year your first time at Loud as Hell? Uh, no, last year was my second. Okay. And did you go before or after COVID originally, uh, or during? I guess. 
uh, during, because Loud is level 9 was my first. Nice. So I'm guessing that you're planning to stay the whole weekend again? Oh, obviously. I'm actually going down early to get some sightseeing. We'll chat about this a little bit later, like in more detail, but you mentioned how many swords you went through last year, and I think you said 40-something swords you just went through in the last year, so how many are you bringing this year to the festival? Uh, to the festival itself, I think I'm just going to bring the uh, Tyranna sword again, maybe uh, one sword for the... Uh, uh, for the kickoff party. That'll be pretty cool. Actually, one of the main reasons I wanted to get you to join me on the podcast here is because, like, most times people remember bands and the, the show, but you've switched everything around and people pay attention to you when you're at shows because you're walking around with gigantic swords, you're asking people to sign them, you're knighting people in the mosh pit. So how did this whole thing begin? And what made you decide to bring your first sword to a concert? All right, well, um, so I got a couple of swords to take to Shambhala, I want to say back in 2014, and they were just sitting on a shelf for a while until 2015, where it was the Corpacani and Sephirum Trollfest concert. And I looked it up, and Sephirum means sword bearer, sword bearer. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna take a sword with me. So I paint my face blue, like freaking Will and goddamn Wallace, and I take this sword with me to the show. And as I'm getting there, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna fuck out. Why am I doing this? And then I get there, and I look over at the stage, and Trollfest is on, uh, on, and they're playing, and all of them have freaking blue face paint on. So, so they thought you were the member of the band then? Well, the, I don't know, man. It was, uh, it was a trip <laughs> and a half, because uh, the, uh, the accordion player at the time, uh, him and I were just having this whole vibe and interacting with each other, and... Um, by by the time the show uh, the show was done and all that, uh, he pulled me over and uh, I got the uh, all three bands to sign that sword. Nice. And that's kind of where it started, being like, "Hey, I might be onto something. This might be a good way for me to get signatures." So that was the first sword. Fast forward to 2018, I started doing that again as a bit of a bit to try and get signatures off the bands. So it all started with my uh, my intent to like get. Uh, band signatures and all that and get noticed by the band because you get some uh, guitar picks out of it pretty easily. Mm -hmm. I've interacted with Sabaton a few times. Uh, they've taken my sword on stage. Um, what was it? There was Unleash the Archers, Striker, and Order of Chaos. I took one of my swords to that and all three of those bands grabbed the sword on stage and rocked out with it. So the whole initial goal of uh, the sword was just for me to interact with the band. But it was actually the Tenacious D show where I took a sword to that. Like That, that whole show was just kind of off for me. Because the first half was all their cartoon and everyone's just standing there. Why is no one But since I couldn't get close to the stage, I started interacting with people and uh, getting them, them to sign. And the whole knighting thing kind of picked up from that. So it was um, 2019 where the sword guy thing really kind of started taking shape because it was at that point I started going to shows by myself, and I was I had like a level of freedom that I didn't have before. So I was able to interact with more people, stay late, and just have a different kind of fun with it. And I've managed to meet some. Pretty interesting people. Um, one of them has to be uh, my buddy Scully, because it was uh, a lot of his influence 
that has me where I'm today. Because that's why I have like my giveaway box. Because uh, pre-COVID, we uh, got tickets to go to Copenhagen. Now, this guy has done international festivals a couple of times. He does this thing where he takes um, CDs from local bands and takes them out uh, to uh, these festivals and just sends them out to people. So I kind of was going to do that for our trip to Copenhagen, but that obviously fell through. And I decided to just keep rolling with the idea and just pass CDs off from bands to other people in the scene. And since then, it's kind of blossomed into like almost a, a subculture. Like you have now you have business cards, you have like a whole Facebook group of people that you've knighted that have now joined together and promote music on the regular. Actually, the Facebook group was my buddy Sean's idea. Okay. Uh, he was the one that told me I was uh, at Chaos AB to like after that show because I knighted so many fucking people at that show. He's like, dude, you need a fucking group at this point. Like, how many people have you knighted? I'm like, I don't know at this point, probably at least like what, 100, 150? He was like, dude, do a group. And now, last I checked, the Facebook group is up to like 340 members almost. That's incredible, and, and you basically met all these people personally, because if I remember correctly, it's kind of like a private group. You need to have an invite, or you need to be kind of accepted. Uh, before, um, it, it was uh, like that, but now Facebook's, like, rules totally changed, and anyone can really join it. Like, there's dude across the pond, I don't even know where the fuck he's from, or how he found my page, and I'm like, screw it! <laughs> yeah, the, the bigger the better, right? Yeah. So now, obviously, you were a fan of metal by the time you became Sword Guy. So when and how did you get into metal? And did you ever play any any instruments? <coughs> um, well, I what, I knew how to play the dulcimer as a kid. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I was born and raised country, like old school country. John Cash, Willie Nelson, The Highway Man, fucking uh, all that fucking jazz. Um, I slowly started discovering like rock like your typical radio stuff uh steppenwolf queen uh the classics right um as for getting into metal as cliche as it is twisted metal 3 the soundtrack for that i accidentally put it in the cd player and music came up and i'm like whoa you can do that and it was just like rob zombie boot fucked the door open and I was in high school, so yeah, like kind of atypical metal intro kit, high school zombie. <laughs> that was a great game, same with Twisted Metal too. Oh, I used to play those as a, I don't want to say as a kid, but when I was quite a bit younger, I used to play with my sister. Yeah, I think I still have that, that exact, though. Uh, my first concert was actually Twisted Sister at Klondike Days. Nice, that's a solid jump into metal. So, yeah, uh, my, my two CDs uh, through high school. Uh, grade 12 mainly was uh, uh, Twisted Sisters, Big Hits and Nasty Cuts, and uh, Hellbilly Deluxe. And what was it that drew you to heavier music? Uh, Metal Headbangers Journey, uh, that documentary. It was actually the, uh, the family tree that he did that I'm like, ooh, I like this stuff. I ended up putting 121 viruses on my family computer because of that. <laughs> nice. Well played. But I, I, I looked up some Dark Throne, Dark Funeral, Dark Tranquility, like a lot of darks. <laughs> but a major fucking like spiral down the um, Norwegian black metal scene. And that's how I got into like some of the real, took it to straight heavy shit.
And we've already talked about this a little bit, but you used to uh, collect guitar picks from bands you used to play live, but because you couldn't keep track of which pick belonged to who, you became began collecting set lists. So you're the first person I've ever met with that collects set lists, and so why those specifically? Um, they're harder to get. I mean, the dudes on stage, they have, like, what? Anywhere between five to a million fucking picks, and, like, they're just zipping them out there, zipping them out there. If you're lucky, there's, what, five set lists on the stage? So that's a lot harder to get your hands on, so that's a little bit more of a holy grail item. So, um, again, going back to Trollfest Corpacani, that's that was one of my first set lists that, that they handed that down to me. It uh, seems more personal, and it's also easier to remember what the fuck happened at the show, because if you get drunk off your tits, you know you saw the band, the fuck you know what they played. No shit, and it's a great way to keep track, too. Often you'll see bands multiple times, so if they tour with somebody else, at least you have those in one concise spot. Yep, and it's funny because I've actually been called out on this. With the combination of set lists and my swords, I'm essentially the scene's freaking timekeeper. Like, I can tell you who was at what show, played what day, with what band, with what songs. That's really cool, and especially when you're going to as many metal shows as you are. It's been helpful, too, because there's been the odd time being like, hey, do you remember this show? And I'm like, hold on a second. Yeah, I remember that show. I, I, yeah, I, I know who played. <laughs> Just go back to the sword and be like, Okay, those four bands on that weekend. Got it. <laughs> so then with your swords, like you have them on, for the people that are just listening here, he has them basically strapped to his ceiling. How do you keep track of those? Are there numbers? Are there dates on it? How do you, how do you know which one is which? I don't know when I started doing it, but I'm so glad I fucking did. I, uh, I date the sword. Before I go to the show, I write down the date. So like April 7th, 20, uh, 2023. And then I write the bands playing. So it, I do the date and then the four bands playing and then drop my signature somewhere on there and then just coast through the night from there. That's a really cool way of doing it. For those listening as well, these aren't real swords. These are, what are they, foam, pretty much? We're not, we're not generally bringing swords into concerts, but there was that stand yet last year at Loud as Hell, which I thought was great, the one with the axes and the swords and not a single problem. I came so close to buying one of those axes, man. They were beautiful. There was one that was, I want to say, uh, like a red cherry oak handle like oh man i wanted that so badly but yeah these uh swords uh they're all foam uh from dollarama nice so you just stock up at one time or you just take a trip every time you need one uh off the start i was doing that i was just go uh, going there and buying one going to the show buy two or three hang on to them until they kind of ran out of stock for a while i cleared out like four different uh dollar stores just to make sure i had a stash because go i i went to um, one show, it was, a uh, Cannibal Corpse. I went to that and I didn't have a sword, but I still got recognized, but it was weird not having a sword. It's just, I feel naked at a show without a sword. And obviously that your name comes with the territory. I mean, constantly carrying swords around, having them signed, it's kind of your shtick. So who first gave you the title or is that something you came up with on your own? At this point, I can't even really remember because like before, uh, like the whole sword came into concept, it was, I was kind of like that guy at a show but like i was in, in my uh late 20s and i was just a fucking general shithead anyways so there's a lot of growth <laughs> since then but uh sword guy i mean really it was just like i'm just that guy with a sword and it just rolled and became its own and i'm not in control anymore please send help <laughs> 
your reputation definitely precedes you. Like, I think the first time I heard about you was during my episode with Paramnesia, and they gave you a shout-out. And this was during my last year's Loud as Hell countdown. Um, we've already discussed, obviously, how long you've been doing this for, but and how you switched from getting the signatures from the bands now to the, the audience members. Why is it important for you to have that connection with the audience members? Well, it's, it's a vibe kind of thing, because I just... I've, in the early days of doing this, um, after one of the shows, uh, X-Pain, actually, one of those guys, uh, he came up to me and he was like, dude, we played better because of you. And that was kind of a what the fuck moment. It was, it's just the interaction back and forth. Like, I, I've seen several times now somebody on stage looking at me, watching how I'm rocking out with the sword, being like, this guy, we're playing for the fucking this guy and kind of thing, or, like, this is the reason why we play. And I wanted to put that energy, like, back into the show. And, like, some people, when they see me, they're like, holy fuck, like, how'd you get in here with sword? What's going on and all that? And it's just, I don't know. I, I like how I'm able to put the energy I get out of the scene back into it. And on top of that, it also makes the show a lot more memorable, like we were, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to go to a show and not see some random dude with a sword and just brush it off. Be like, why? How? What? Hang on, I have questions. Man, I'm so surprised that you actually get into the concerts with the swords. Like, the small ones are not that big of a deal, but when you bring Tyrannosaur, that's incredible. <laughs> well, again, in some cases, having the reputation helps, because bringing uh, something like the Tyrannosaur to loud as hell is kind of a kind of a thing where like some people you'd have to be careful with keep an eye on with that but um i've only taken the big sword to loud as hell so far um as for uh most of the venues around town there was a point in time where the starlight would uh kind of stop me for a second and they'd feel the sword look at me look at the sword and then be like okay go on in now they don't even pat me down. They just like, okay, sorry, get get the fuck in there. Go, have fun. Um, it comes with its perks, then. Yeah, yeah, it it does. I mean, most of the securities know me at this point in time. It's kind of, like you said earlier. It's kind of hard to miss a guy with a huge sword. Yeah, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> That's terrible, but I love it. We talked a little bit just about the recording about your uh, collection. So we've already pointed to the fact you have something like forty swords strapped to your ceiling you said you had in the somewhere in the 80s uh, total amount how many swords do you have and are, have, do you have them organized by size <laughs> um i've got 86 in total i got 44 on my roof right now from uh 2015 till uh the end of 22 i had a look and read <laughs> um I've got another 41 in a pair of boxes in my room, but uh, almost all of those are from last year alone. So <laughs> That's insane. And how many concerts would you say on average that you go to, like a month? A month? Uh, well, it's passed a little bit. It's kind of uh, been varied, but um, since last year, from July to December, it was almost every single weekend I was doing something. That's incredible. A great time for music. Oh, fuck yeah. Great time for me. <laughs> Are you going into any other metal fest this year? Like Moments Fest, Alternative Waves, CEMR, I think. I don't even, I don't even know where that one is, to be honest. But. Uh, 
CMR is at uh, the uh, rendezvous in September. Uh, cute plug here. <laughs> um, I am actually going international this year. Nice. And which one's that? Headbangers Boat. When is that one? I haven't even heard of it. Uh, it leaves Miami Halloween. And it's a four-day cruise. I can't remember off the top of my head who's all going because my absolute main focus is Guar. I'm just looking at the set list here. So, oh, you're going to Miami to the Bahamas. That's pretty pretty nice. All right, so for anybody listening who is not familiar with the Headbangers Boat, it's October 31st to November 4th this year from Miami to Nassau, Bahamas. And then we have Lamb of God, Mastodon, Testament, Hatebreed, Guar, Municipal Waste, Shadows Fall, God Forbid, Lacuna Coil, Gate Creep, Gate Creeper, Jesus, Fit for an Autopsy, Violence, Malevolence, Bleeding from Within, and Dying Wish. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, but see, where I'm at, all I heard was Guar, 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 Guar. <laughs> how, how has their show changed since their lead singer died? Holy shit, talk about a roller coaster. Um, I'd have to, it, it was weirder than when Flattis went, because when Flattis went, that show was just gut-wrenching. That was, that was, uh, that was a tough one. It was so packed at that venue, I was, for a moment there, I was literally not touching the ground, because I was squished between people, and I, like, I literally dangled my feet, being like, okay, so this is happening. <laughs> but after Brocky, uh, the first show with Velvetron, it wasn't bad, but they did have one skit that I found was in bad taste, but that's Guar. Um, Blothar, he's been doing good uh, with the Reigns. Um, personally speaking, I still love the fucking band and the show. So. And for you, what makes them so special compared to the other guys? Like, you got some heavy hitters on there, and I mean, I think all of them will put on the great show. Uh, well, I mean, I'd be seeing mo uh, like pretty much everybody else for the first time, but I've seen Guar... 11 times. You keep track of everything, don't you? Well, I do have a, uh, I don't know if I'm sure well, but it's kind of like my odor's shrine. That's awesome. I like how you keep everything in, like, one frame. So for those listening who can't see it, there's a big poster, there's a bunch of guitar picks, and what looked on the left-hand side, like, little news articles, or were those tickets? Those are ticket stubs. Uh, nice. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Two of them aren't mine, so... <laughs> What keeps going back to Guar? I mean, I've seen a few bands live, but what is it about their show or about their music that keeps keeps you like really engaged? Uh, name me another band where you, when you're talking to somebody, you say straight up, "I can't wait to get a face full of piss, jizz, and alien fucking fluids in my mouth." <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not something you'd normally lead with. I, I've stunned a lot of people talking about it. It's like, oh, you're going to a show this weekend. What are you doing? I'm going to Guar, and I'm going to get fucking piss in my face. I'm going to, I'm hoping that sweet alien jizz, because you know what? When you're stuck on the front lines, you don't have a beer and you're thirsty, that fucking alien pre-jizz is the thing you fucking need. Have the shows pretty much all been the same with, like, their props and with uh, the fluids? Um... Relatively, yeah. I mean, they bring the characters on stage, people get dismembered, they stay current with uh, some of the world leaders they kill. Um, I would have to say the one big difference about the last show was uh, it was at um, Midway in Edmonton. And um, Buddy and I got there stupid early. The show was at like uh, 6 p.m. or something like that. And we got there at 9 in the morning just trying to meet the band. And we watched them fill up their uh, their water canisters with a 
garden hose hooked up to the outside tap. And we're like, ooh, dirty Edmonton water. Oh, man, this is going to suck. So, yeah, by the time the show happened, they started launching the water out. It felt like getting hit in the face with high-pressured slushy. Like, it, it, you, the, water, the water was cold. You felt the crystals in it. Like, it hurt. It fucking hurt. And I'm assuming that every time you go, you're in front row. I fucking try to be. If I'm not in the pit, I'm front and center. How hard is it to get a signature in the middle of a mosh pit? Surprisingly easy, actually. Uh, it depends on the intensity of the pit, but um, some people kind of clear the way, and other people are, like, is the, the, the general excitement, really, kind of helps it along. Um, timing. Timing helps. <laughs> wait wait for, like, between songs kind of thing, but, yeah. Generally, people will give a bit of, bit of a, like, a conscious birth of uh, space when it goes down, so... I got to see a few signings last year at Loud as Hell, and like you also in included the kids, which I thought was really cool because it's an all ages show. Obviously, there's drinking and stuff like that, but the kids are pretty well protected. Like I didn't see anybody doing anything incredibly stupid, and like you were involving the kids even more than they already were in the shows. Believe it or not, kids at metal shows are a lot of fun, and I don't know how I always end up fucking stuck around no little shits. But uh, there was the decimate decimate fest a few years back where uh, Siren played, and they gave out swords to a bunch of the kids, and because I had my sword, all the kids wanted to get in sword fights. And as soon as I started fighting one kid, they just, they they flock. They flock. They hurt. Hurt mentality. They just all started attacking me, and all the parents are like, well, the kids are going to sleep well tonight, as I'm literally running around the fest screaming, getting chased by, like, 15 toddlers. <laughs> Although I got to say it's a lot of fun because I'm somehow kind of allowed to beat the shit out of kids. <laughs> also, it's not something you say very often. Also, yes. So the most important question there is, did you win? Um, well, at one point in time, I was hiding underneath a merch table. So that one, no. None of the bands stuck up for you or anything? Oh, God, no. Everyone was laughing. What didn't it happen? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is my life. <laughs> You know, I thought it was really cool last year, and I've never really paid attention to the kids at, at concerts, but it was really cool because, uh, like, parents would throw them on top of their shoulders. They'd have their own headphones or head protection, sorry, ear protection and stuff like that. It was yep. great to see. I didn't pay attention to them before but because I didn't have a kid, but now since having a kid, it's like, hmm, how can I bring her to more shows? Yeah. Uh, there was actually a full-on, like, toddler mosh pit at Loud Sound 9, I think it was. It was, like, wild. And uh, I've been uh, finding some uh, interesting stuff on social media, too. I found there's a, I'm going to say it's a German band, but they dress up as dinosaurs, like, like, and fucking, they play metal for kids. Nursery rhymes, but in metal style, or like actual metal songs that they just decide to throw out? I don't know German, so I can't give a good answer on that one. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Do you know the name of the band? Um, not quite off the top of my head. I can try and find it for you and send you a link. Yeah, we could do that later. I'm interested to see. I like the way some bands approach their music. Like, obviously, Guar has a very unique way of doing it. And you have another band, and I don't know how to pronounce this. I hope they correct me when I record with them. But uh, they just won the Western Canadian final for the Vakken Battle of the Bands. Oh, um, Net, that's Necked. Yeah, I, I think it's Necked. I want to say it's necked because, uh, yeah, I I just heard about them myself. Uh, what, Calgary Black Metal, I want to say? 
Yeah, I'm quite intrigued because I haven't heard many of their songs, but like they must have put on a good show to basically knock out everyone in Canada. Yeah. And now it's just Canadian finals that they have to go to. Goddamn, not bad. I was surprised because I hadn't heard about them and they don't have much music that's like that's on streaming services. So when I started seeing them basically kicking every other band out, I wondered what was going on. And really all I've seen is um, one of their songs live and what they've posted on social media. And it seems quite unique so far. Nice. Uh, that dinosaur band is called Heavy Saurus. Heavy Saurus, interesting. Let me check. They look like mutated Barney. I love it. I was just thinking the same thing. Like, how do you describe this? Uh, metal Barney? I don't know. That's really cool. I'm, and they've been around since, what, 2009? That's cool. What genres are you normally into, and who are some of your favorite bands? Um, when it comes to metal, I like to just keep it an open taste. I'll listen to anything I find is good at the point in time. Uh, right now, in my CD player is uh, Siren. Um, in my truck, I'm back to Villainizer again, because that just always goes back in there. Um, I recently just bought a, um, the, an album I've been looking for year for, uh, for years, Electric Hellfire Club, Calling Dr. Love. That's kind of, uh, industrial electronic feel. Um, dude, my iPod, when it's, on, like, if I'm not on my metal-only playlist, and it goes on shuffle... It's going to be a weird time for everybody else in the truck because you're going to be listening to freaking like Slayer, Guar, King Diamond, Garth Brooks, Johnny Cash, ICP. Fucking it, it, it jumps. Then you got a little bit of like sticky buds in there. And obviously, you're not the fan of only metal. Like you mentioned, country. Obviously, ICP is a completely different style. Like, I, I guess that would be like what a rap rock or a rap metal kind of nowadays. It, it, it's rap. Which I'm not a big rap fan. Uh, a buddy of mine kind of softened it up for me a bit because he listens to it like all the time. So like it is, it's a lot more tolerable than it used to be. But just I can't take the video seriously. It, it's it's like almost like the really 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 black metal bands trying to be super evil and satanic. Some gangster rap is the equivalent of that. <laughs> like it's just so. Ooh. <laughs> I noticed that you go to like a lot of local shows. Do you try and focus your your attention to more local bands, or do you really even care? Like, obviously, if there's a big band like you mentioned, Ensafirum or Slayer, do you attend a huge variety of shows? Um, you know, back before everything went tits up, I was really all about hitting the big venue shows, getting up front and all that. You know, like holy shit, big band and all that. Um, I wanted to work into the local scene a bit more. Um. Uh, back in my old relationship, uh, it wasn't really a thing because at that point in time I didn't drive and then, um, like as soon as the show was over, we're gone kind of thing. So, um, it was actually, um, when I was living on my own where it really kind of, the, the taste changed a bit and it was, uh, my buddy Tyler, uh, invited me to a show at Shakers. It was, uh, Siren, Immunize, Rising Sun and Waking Mayhem. That was the show that really kind of got me pulled into the local scene. And it's just been a freaking downward spiral since then, but in a good way. I think it's always important to support local bands, especially because of things like now you have streaming services that don't pay very much. And yes, there's the exposure, but it seems like it's more and more expensive for people to travel. Now for you, like what makes what makes a live performance really good? And... 
I think a good contrast is between the bands that make it really big and then the local bands just starting out. What is it for you that sticks out and makes a night memorable as far as the performance goes? I mean, when it comes down to the big bands, yeah, those shows are great because they have the money to put into the performance and all that, and they have years worth of CDs and all. But uh, the draw just is starting to fade because local shows are, they just hit, they hit different. Um, it's, it's a lot more personal, it's a lot more fun, and uh, there's a different level of interaction with between the people on stage, on and off stage. Um, the, the people on stage, if you don't know them, they, they're, they're, they're different characters than like the big band peoples, and you can actually approach them after the show and get to know them, become friends, and just have this, they seem like more real people. And when you eventually befriend half the bloody scene, <laughs> fucking, uh, when they are on stage, you get to fuck with them. And that's so much fun. <laughs> I know one of my favorite things, like, when I first started going to metal shows was the fact that you'd be able to interact with the bands in the crowd. I noticed a lot of bigger bands don't do this, but it seems in the metal crowd that even, like, the semi-big bands or the bands that are just kind of on the cusp of huge listenership, I guess... They're always doing it. I think it's part of the culture. It really is because fucking we're family. It's it's just what it goes. Uh, fucking, I want to say I think it was Rob Zombie in Headbangers Journey that said something along the lines like, "No one wants to be the weird kid, but we're all the weird kid, and it, we just end up all sitting at the same table. We're all different kinds of fucked and uh, weird and all that, and that's part of the draw. You get a look at look over at somebody being like, "Look at this goof." I like him. <laughs> as far as like newer or local bands that haven't quite reached that same level of success, who are some that stick out for you? Um, whether it be performance, musicianship, and just overall... I, actually, I guess that's the best way to put it. For you, who are some of the, the lesser-known bands that stick out? And for what reasons? Oh. And that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> I don't have the time where I can sit down and name almost every single freaking band in Alberta because <laughs> everyone brings their own recipe to the table. They all have their own way of going about it. I mean, sure, different bands have given me different opportunities and such, but I'm going to say, like, what, 98% of the bands I've seen have all been good in their own right? And honestly, it's not really fair to single any of them up. Now, in the aspect of singling them out, I'm going to have to turn around and say, <laughs> um, I'm going to give a shout out to Siren, because those guys have been fun to work with. Uh, they actually got me on stage last year at Loud as Hell for uh, Walk the Plank, which is a mindfuck experience in itself. Um, boys in uh, Tides of Caring, because of Garrett's freaking shoeless hobbit feet. <laughs> um... There's so many. Waking Mayhem with a post-apocalyptic look. Forsaken Right. I mean, I can, I can name so freaking many. Just yet another thing that we have to keep track of, hey? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm doing my best um, with um, my Facebook page to try and um, keep... Well, not really keep tabs, but um, uh, I guess extend the experience for some bands. Yeah, you're almost using it as like a promotional tool. Like, actually, that's yeah, you're using it as a promotional tool. You're growing your numbers. Like you said, you're over 400 members now, which is great. Uh, 
three. Last I checked, I was three thirty-three. But oh, yeah, sorry. promotion has made it onto the business card, which I really like the new card. It turned out beautifully, I think. Tell me a little bit more about your cards, and now you're moving into promotion. Uh, okay, so the business cards, straight up, I decided to make those because it's a lot easier to hand someone a business card after signing the sword than trying to scream, what's your social media? So instead of hand, like pulling out the phone, trying to get Facebook links or all that jazz, just hand them a fucking card. Fair enough. Keep it simple, eh? Yep. Uh, as for the promotion thing, really... As I'm just trying to help bands get to more people, really. Again, going back to like Scully's idea of handing out CDs. Like, if a show is coming up, I want to post about the show. If the band is releasing a CD, why not post about the CD? Yeah, and with it being your own group, you can obviously steer it in your own direction. Like, obviously, support the bands that you really enjoy or know personally. And as you're bringing new members on, that'll that'll increase as well. Yep, uh, a couple of bands have uh, posted stuff on there, and um, I guess whatever it is that I do has had some impact, because uh, the boys from uh, Fall of Earth, uh, who have a CD release tomorrow, um, and have uh, had a relatively successful tour uh, so far, um, I handed out some of their CDs at Loud as Hell last year, and it came back to me that um, a dude went to their show in Calgary, because of the CD I gave him. And that got back to me through the Boys of Fall of Earth, so it was a weird kind of full-circle moment. So as far as the Facebook group goes, like we talked about it a few times already, what goes into managing it, and how do you keep yourself organized? <laughs> a hope and a prayer. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh there's myself and Sean were the admins um uh Sh Sean uh he's my boogeyman he's my uh, my uh, my right hand man uh Scully he's I call him my Merlin because uh I get my like uh influence on and such uh in the scene from him uh and he also makes some fucking wicked mead and cider that guy has given me some sweet elixirs and I don't understand how, but his pineapple mead fucking hits like moonshine. But anyways, um, <laughs> trying to keep track of uh, the order and all that, it's really just kind of self, self-reliant, self really, and it just happens. So as your numbers increase and you have all these festivals, different shows planned on the go, over the next few months, what do you have on the go and where can people expect to see you? Um... Let's see, I've got a show tomorrow at the Starlight for Fall of Earth. I'm actually going to be on the opposite end of this deal, because I'm going to be introducing a new band into the scene as a Pit Night exclusive content. So tune in for that. I'll also be streaming their set, so everybody in the order is going to be able to get a sneak peek at what they've got coming. I do got a couple more shows lined up. I haven't sold, bought any tickets but on the 15th, uh, I'll be at the Rendezvous for Hooker Spit and Doomsday Grin. And then it's kind of up in the air from there. I'm going to be grabbing my uh, CEMR ticket soon. Um, uh, Quietus is playing the 22nd, so i got to get their ticket. I think there's a couple more coming up in May. 
pretty much I bounce back and forth between the Starlight and the Rendezvous. Uh, there's a couple more venues in Edmonton I got to start checking out. But uh, yeah, I keep tabs on uh, their socials to uh, get um, info on shows and go from there. The funny thing about that, though, is I actually, just by uh, keeping tabs on their stuff, I, I reposted a show poster for a Tides of Karen show before the boys in the band even saw the poster. <laughs> Don't know how I did it, but somehow, like, Sword Guy was just on the bead for that. That's pretty cool. It's, like, exclusive content. Kind of, yeah. So it's been kind of cool in uh, developing that kind of aspect into it. Like I said, I'm not in control anymore. Somebody please send help. <laughs> but it's been a fun ride. And um, I actually just got a, um, a little microphone in, in the mail the other day to try and expand to do like interviews and such. I put half my work guy stuff in an actual bag. I'm starting to get professional. It's creepy. <laughs> that sounds really good, actually, especially with the interviews. Like You already interact with bands, with signatures, the collections. It's going to be nice to pull them in and actually chat about something a little bit more personal and have that memory for you, like, basically on call. Yeah, and I, I want to be different about it because I don't want to do that kind of, like, well, what was your influence to get into this? What, what was your inspiration for this song and all that? I, I want to be, like, outside the box. I want to ask people, like, what's your favorite dinosaur? Who's your go-to character in Mario Kart? Like, weird shit like that. It's like, what's one of the weirdest things that happened on stage? kind of thing like I, I want to ask the questions that no one really thinks about asking and to, because these people are human too so well and then bands always get asked the same kind of stuff like you mentioned who you are where you're from how's the album whatever that kind of stuff everybody sees it everybody hears it so that's less engaging than something like your favorite dinosaur or video game character yeah right and it it, it would probably catch them off guard too because you're expecting that typical checklist of stuff like hockey players being like well how do you feel about the game and they're always like oh yeah well we got to like make it down blah 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 all the usual stuff it's almost copy and paste so if you hit them with something like that you, you just sit there like i i almost started a like a i start well i started in arguments with the mario party or not mario party mario kart one i was like well who's your go-to character it's like well i like daisy it's like well i like toad like fuck both of you bowser and like oh what <laughs> kind of a timeline as to when you're going to be starting the interviews or having things aired. Like you mentioned yes uh, earlier, that tomorrow you might have, um, you said Fall of Earth? It's going to be, sorry. Um, they're they're um, putting on the show. It's so one of the opening bands that I'm going to be uh, talking with, giving them that breakout introduction. Okay, so they're a brand new band to the scene, so they're opening up for Fall of Earth then. Yep. Nice. Do we know who that is, or is that? Are you gonna leave that quiet for now? I'm gonna leave it quiet for now. I'm gonna. I'm, I. I. I was when I was talking to them. I was like, "Hey, let's do an interview," and they were all like, "Yeah, let's do that." And I kind of got thinking, being like, "What? What would be better than to turn around and instead being like, hey, 'Hey, I'm Sword Guy. Here's a Pit Night exclusive. I'm introducing a new band,' and then step aside and let them be like, "This is who we are. This is what we're doing." We're here to kick your ass. Like, let them kick the door open like Cusco. And that's pretty cool. So you're going to be brought up on stage for that then? Uh, nope, nope. We're going to be doing that before the show. Um, I'm going to be uh, recording it and posting that online. As far as what's next for Sword Guy, um, what do you have planned? And where do you see yourself in about a year? <laughs> Dude, I don't even know where I see myself tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
That's kind of a hard one. I don't know. Um, like I keep saying, I'm not in control. <laughs> it, this is kind of its own self-driving mechanism at this point. I I would like to see myself getting invited to shows and brought to shows for free as part of that like hype man concept. Being like, like there's been a couple of jokes being like, if Sword Guy wasn't at your show, was it even any good? That'd be a great perk, and especially if you're doing the interviews, then it's just exposure for the bands, it's bringing more people in, and you've got the personality, like the character is a good way to start, and then if you're able to team, like team up with different bands, different promoters, I mean, you could be big. Gonna be interesting to see uh, how it plays out, for sure, and yeah, um, it, like, did I set out to become uh, an unofficial, um promoter or even in some cases roadie because i've helped move gear like no yeah i just feel it's kind of uh, my duty in a way i guess like i'm not obligated to do any of this but i just feel like if i can why not like i don't know maybe helping carry a bag of symbols or a fucking a drum rise or even a chair might be just a little bit of help the band needs for a few extra seconds to get their shit together it's really just one small thing off their plate, and if multiple people do that, or if you continue doing that, it's just going to make their experience so much easier, and probably a lot less stressful when they're actually playing. Exactly, and if you can take that stress off, then it goes back into the show, and the show's that a little bit better. The, the band plays a little better, the crowds have a little bit more fun, and just builds that, that stuff up, so it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, self-fulfilling prophecy in a way? Odd choice of words, but fuck it, why not? <laughs> well, I mean lead by example you've already got the facebook group to prove it or to start sword guy has the group on facebook called the pit knights of the order of sword guy so anybody looking check them out pretty easy to find um i'm also a member so anybody goes through my page they can find me there chad is there anywhere else that you're found like do you have instagram or any other social media uh pretty much just facebook is uh for sword guy so instagram is just i don't really use it much anymore so if you want any of the like the good sword guy uh, and uh, my shenanigan fucking content, and it's mainly uh, going on uh, Facebook these days. And I've done some stupid shit. Like uh, I want to say it was last year. I went out to visit my family, and my mom had one of those like uh, muscle electro shocky thingies. Well, my dumbass decided to have some fun with that. Uh, I put one of the nodes on my uh, on my arm right near the the muscle where it when it goes it tenses up. And I tried challenging myself to try and drink, uh, drink a beer with that thing turned on. And I just straight clawed up and like it did not go well. And then my dumbass put it on my temples. Go viral with one of those videos. Yeah. And my dumbass posted that on Facebook, so. <laughs> if you hide from it, then people can use it against you. But obviously you don't really care. Oh, dude. I'm, I'm a glorious, glorious dumpster fire. <laughs> I'm leaning into it. <laughs> Well, Chad, man, I want to thank you again for joining me today, and I look forward to seeing you at least at Loud as Hell, if not sometime sooner. Yeah, for sure, man. It's fucking been a pleasure, and yeah, I, dude, I've got so many more stories. Like, I got pages of notes here that I had on the ready. So if you ever want to do this again, I'm down. And uh, yeah, just have a time. Sounds good, man. And I, I appreciate your time out of your busy schedule. And of course, we'll hook up at Loud as Hell there. And then afterwards, we can maybe plan something for sure. Yeah. I'd no, like to have you back yeah. on again and dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely get some content in at Loud as Hell for sure. Uh, I, I, one thing I wouldn't mind doing is because uh, 
my per my, like my particular approach to all this is um instead of being all official like even with uh, my logo it's rough as shit hand drawn i'm not going to touch it up i like the, uh, the like the personality behind it um instead of like pulling bands aside getting like official interviews and all that being like rogue and on the streets just like diving in and out and like get a completely random interview from i don't know probably mostly the fans but I don't know, catch a band member off guard walking out of the shitter being like, so how about the burrito you just ate? And then fuck off. <laughs> it's definitely a good way to turn everything on its head. And that's that's kind of what I like doing. I, I like, I don't like how I'm predictably unpredictable because I do something fucked up and it was like, well, we kind of figured you were going to do something like that. Well, that takes the fun out of it. We didn't say we were expecting that which you just did, but we knew you were going to do something fucking crazy. Well, for anyone who's listening, they definitely have to keep their eye out on your Facebook group for more shenanigans, and um, we'll update you as time goes on. And as Sword Guy grows, as some of his promotional material comes out, I'll be sharing that on my social media as well. Fucking A, and uh, likewise, I'll be plugging any of your stuff uh, into the order as well. So, I appreciate that, man. It was good to chat with you again today, and we'll see each other soon. For sure. Reeve Darcy, amigo. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.